Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm your host, Doris Hansen, and we talk about polygamy here. We talk about present day and early Mormon polygamy and about polygamists. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about current events in polygamy. But first, if you or anyone that you know is in a polygamy group and would like to escape, you'd like to get out, you can go to a Shield and Refuge ministry and they will help you. Their uh, web address is on the screen, shieldandrefuge.org, or you can give a give us a call toll-free. The number is 877-425-9993, and all information is held in total confidence. Or if you or someone you know wants to make comments about the show or would like to be a guest on our show, you can email us. The email is, is on the screen as well, email at whatloveisthis.tv, or for telephone calls regarding the show, you can phone 385 385- Two four zero two eight eight eight, and now I would like to introduce and welcome once again our special host, co-host, co-host. Earl Erskine. Nice to be here, Doris. Appreciate mm-hmm. you having me. Nice to share all this information with you, and uh, thanks this for was fun. thanks for helping. Um, the, the, this is an update, a polygamy update on yeah, what's been going on in the polygamy recent groups, events, yeah. recent events. Yeah. The Department of Justice is suing the FLDS polygamy towns of Colorado City, Arizona, and Hilldale, Utah, as of today. Actually, they're not suing uh, the, the church, but they're suing the governments of the towns. And the testimony continues as we speak. This lawsuit hopefully will bring to an end uh, the FLDS's stranglehold of corrupt control that has been existing for too many years under their claim of being God's kingdom on earth. We want to quote from the Justice Department's website uh, <coughs> describing the lawsuit. Specifically, the complaint alleges that the Colorado City Marshal's Office, the city's joint police department, routinely uses its enforcement authority to enforce the edicts and will of the FLDS, fails to protect non-FLDS individuals from victimization by FLDS individuals, refuses to cooperate with other law enforcement agencies, investigations of FLDS individuals, selectively enforces laws against non-FLDS, and uses its its authority to facilitate unlawful evictions of non-FLDS, among other unlawful conduct. The complaint also alleges that Colorado City, Hilldale, Twin City Water Authority, and Twin City Power have denied or unreasonably delayed providing water and electric service to non-FLDS residents, and that the municipalities refuse to issue building permits and prevent individuals from constructing or occupying existing housing because of the individual's religious affiliation. And so there, there needs to be the separation of church and state in the government, yeah. and, and they're suing, basically, is that this isn't happening. Right. Now, local, region, and state officials have failed to apply justice or even to give ear to the cries of hundreds of people who have escaped or been kicked out of the FLDS for decades. And it finally took the federal government, the Department of Justice, to look into the illegal and discriminatory pa- practices of the polygamists in Short Creek. Although the polygamy 
group itself is not on trial. It pra its practices are going to be held up and are being held up to mm. very close scrutiny in court since there has been little, if any, um, distinction between the FLDS and the town's government. Residents who are non-members of the FLDS have charged intimidation, false arrests, mutilated bodies of dead animals left on their properties, and failure to protect. Instead of helping residents, the police obey the decrees of the FLDS church, which is a violation of the First Amendment. But in Utah, it is not a new thing to be governed by religion. <laughs> no, since 1847. <laughs> <laughs> right. A previous trial took place last year when a couple uh, in of the FLDS yeah. sued the town because they refused to connect utilities for them. We want to quote from an article in the Salt Lake Tribune about that. The trial was held in February and March of 2014 in the same Phoenix courthouse where this week's trial will start. The jury awarded the Cooks $5.2 million. The parties later settled for $3 million. The new trial will cover much of the same ground as the Cook case and then be more expansive. And so they've got a good foundation yeah. to start this new trial. Warren Jeffs, of course, is considered as the living prophet, God's only mouthpiece, so Monson can take the back seat here, you know, because that's what they believe. He holds complete control over the members. What he says is law, whether it's to the police department or to the utility companies or any other area of FLDS life and lifestyle. Warren Jeffs regularly reassigned wives and children from one husband and gave them to another, and he would excommunicate people without reason and then exile the members that he excommunicated. Television, movies, toys, pets, and the internet were all forbidden. Warren Jeffs even prohibited loved ones from hugging and embracing each other. That includes spouses and parents and, they and children. That. And they follow it to yeah. the letter. <clears throat> Warren Jeff's uh, former bodyguard, Willie Jessup, detailed how FLDS members protected Warren Jeff's and carried out his orders while he was a fugitive from the law. And a few days ago, the mayor of Colorado City took the witness stand. He repeatedly refused to answer questions by invoking his <laughs> Fifth Amendment right not to incriminate himself. And one of the questions was, did he marry 15 and 17-year-old teens and get one of them pregnant? Of course, he refused to answer. Wow. One very interesting testimony was a former FLDS who had been chief of police. He admitted that in the past he had lied under oath to protect the FLDS and Warren Jeffs, and he testified that the FLDS church did control the police department. That's why they're under trial. Oh, <laughs> he also admitted that he knew of child marriages took place while he was a police officer and did nothing to protect the children or to prevent the marriages. He said that if he did, he was afraid of the church and that he would lose his wife and children if he didn't obey the prophet. Both the mayor and the leader of the police department submitted letters of allegiance to Warren Jeffs, pledging their loyalty to him while he was a fugitive. But shouldn't they be serving the people rather than the church leadership? Yeah. Another person testified that he had been trained by former Secret Service agents and even took sniper training. He said residents of the two towns were required to have approval from the church before they could ever serve in town government positions. And when the rescue attempt took place at the YFZ Ranch in El Dorado, Texas, 
Thousands and thousands and thousands of documents were confiscated, including some damning audio tapes. Testimony at this trial revealed a particularly disturbing audio that was found, and we quote. In one, Warren Jeffs talks about a conversation with his brother, <coughs> excuse me, brother Lyle Jeffs, in which Lyle wanted advice about whether he should have a marital relations with his new 16-year-old wife or wait until she was older. In Warren Jeff's account, he advised his brother not to wait and told him there are no underage priesthood marriages. Isn't that awful? That's terrible. That's their creed. <laughs> Meaning, of course, that all men of the FLDS priesthood have the freedom to marry and engage in sex with any female at any age he chooses. During the third week of the trial, another witness, Guy Timpson, took the stand. Before he had been kicked out of the community, Timpson had been on the God Squad, which is the FLDS security team. Timpson had also been on the utility board for Colorado City, and we want to quote part of his testimony. Timpson told jurors how the utility board denied water hookups to the homes of non-FLDS residents, telling those residents that there was a water shortage, while at the same time granting hookups to a variety of FLDS properties. It was our effort on the utility board to withhold the water hookups, Timpson told me, that would discourage new people coming in. Well, yeah, we, that's yeah, that's just what they so. did. Other testimony explained about police officers who were decertified in these polygamous towns. The officers were decertified for such things as taking underage bribes, brides, bigamy, failing to assist other law officers, refusing to testify before grand juries, and sending letters of devotion to Jeffs while he was on the run from child sex charges. So you can see all that's going on there in the leadership. About 30% actually of the wow. FLDS police have had their badges taken away because of wrongdoing during the past 15 years and that's the highest decertification rate decertification rate of police in the country. I would think so. That's in a the, lot. It is. This is the fruit of Mormon polygamy, the, the legacy of Joseph Smith. They lifted polygamy from the Bible and turned it into religious sanctioned adultery and called it righteous. They have also lifted priesthood from the Bible and made it into a corrupt Mormon rendering of what God originally gave to the ancient Jews, but which is now obsolete. There was never any God-given priesthood that included polygamy and child marriage and child rape and the United Order and autocratic, authoritarian, patriarchal, tyranny, and that's what Mormon polygamy is. The Department of Justice wants an injunction against these church-controlled governments and to stop their legal discrimination practices and to seek possible monetary damages for victims. And of course, uh, the trial continues as we speak, and uh, we don't know how much longer it will last, but we'll let you know when we find out uh, what the results are as it comes available in the news. So that's the latest on the FLDS. Now we're going to go to the Kingston Polygamy Group on February 10th, which was last week as we yeah, speak, a, yeah. and will be two weeks as when this is shown. Uh, several Kingston Polygamy Group agencies and businesses were served with sealed search warrants, and federal agents confiscated boxes of documents and records, as well as computers and software. They also raided a $4 million mansion owned by John Daniel Kingston's son. 
done. There was and continues to be very little information forthcoming about why the raid and what they're looking for, but I'm sure it will come out as time goes on. Uh, and hopefully justice will finally become a reality and the inhumane and illegal actions of the Kingston group leadership will come to an end. We can only pray. The raid was conducted by the IRS, Homeland Security, and the Environmental Protection Agency. That's three government agencies. Now, the Kingston Group owns uh, many dozens of businesses throughout Utah and Idaho and Arizona and Nevada and reportedly other western states. And one of their many lucrative businesses is the Washiki Renewable Energy located in Box Elder County. KUTV News landed an exclusive interview with a former employee of Washiki and former member of the Kingston polygamy group, and she tells about how she saw the business work and how she believes it is a well-oiled tax scam. <laughs> we quote from part of the KUTV News interview. Yeah, it's really interesting. It claimed to produce a biodiesel known as B99. The company can get a dollar in tax credits for each gallon they produce, but this former employee says she isn't even sure the company was producing any of the fuel. There was very little fuel that came out of Washakie while I was there, said the woman, who wants to remain anonymous out of fear of reprisals from her former bosses. She says the company would purchase B99 from outside vendors, store it, repackage it, sell it, then get the tax credits. I think initially they might have done some production in the biodiesels, but when they realized it wasn't as profitable as they were trying to make it, they found that they had more profits off the tax credits, said the former employee. <laughs> Information like that can get the business rated, obviously. Yeah, she said so. that they would sell one shipment to a non-Kingston company and then turn around and sell the same, ship, the same shipment several times uh, to a Kingston shell company, but they were only paper transactions. In doing this, they would get many times multiple tax credits for the same sale instead of just one. She reportedly provided documents to support what she said, too. Now, the Kingstons have many professionals among their membership ranks, which includes attorneys. Of course. KUTV News quoted a comment by one of those attorneys, and we quote, An attorney for the Davis County Co-op Society Incorporated, a nonprofit organization, says he isn't worried about the police investigation. To the best of my knowledge, everything they do is above board and completely legal, Hansen said, adding that the company will cooperate. I have no information that would lead me to believe that there is anything illegal going on. I find that very strange <laughs> that he could say that in good conscience yeah. um, because he knows. Uh, I know who this attorney is and he knows very well what's going on. Uh, maybe not all the... <laughs> dirty details, but he knows. Yeah. And we find it interesting that just a few days before the raid on these businesses, State Representative Mike Noel of Kanab, Utah, praised the Kingston Polygamy Group's businesses and lifestyle. Representative Noel has written a bill to stop the prosecution of some polygamists. An article on the webpage utahpolicy.com, you can go there and read it, and it discusses the bill in more detail. We quote part of it. Republican Mike Knoll, a Republican from Kanab, says Utah bigamist laws need to be tweaked so that the law-abiding people who live a polygamous lifestyle no longer need fear prosecution under Utah law. Hmm. <laughs> Utah polygamists who are not committing child abuse, child sexual abuse, nor fraud will not be prosecuted for their plural marriages. 
Now, I only find this mildly amusing because turning, turning you, our heads, so. you top polygamists do not and have not feared prosecution for living pure, uh, polygamy for a very, very long time. That's merely a, a, a fear tactic that they use to scare members to keep their mouths shut. I don't remember the last one that was arrested. For polygamy? For, for polygamy. It's been a long time. Representative Knoll said, we don't want to punish polygamists anymore who are obeying all the other laws. Really? So let's go rob a bank and keep all the other laws and see if we'll also have that immunity because of the law's the law or it's not. And then he goes on to make this next mind-boggling comment. This new bill applies more to groups like the Davis County Kingstons who have long had acceptable businesses and lifestyles rather than the, quote, Warren Jeffs of the world. Acceptable businesses and lifestyles, yeah. child rape, sexual and physical abuse, welfare fraud, families eating out of garbage cans, underage marriages and incest. Are these acceptable lifestyles? And just a week after he praised them, the Kingston businesses are served with search warrants by three levels of the United States government with heavily armed troops proving the opposite, that something is dreadfully wrong with the Kingston lifestyles and business practices. And for those who wonder why the police, if you saw the news reports, why were they decked out with all yeah. of this weaponry, you can go to the website on the screen, desert, deserttech.com, and discover that the Kingston polygamists also own a weapons and ammunitions manufacturing and distribution company. So obviously they are going to deck themselves out with uh, some... Uh, be prepared some, at least. You yeah. bet, be prepared. And so we also know why the Homeland Security was also there. We wonder what Representative Noel had to say about the Kingston's business practices after last week's raid. Yeah. And, and in addition, Washakie was fined $3 million to settle a complaint that they had received unearned oh, subsidies, and that happened last year. This isn't surprising in light of the polygamy group's creed that the government is their enemy. They call him the beast, and they are to bleed the beast at every opportunity. An interesting information from an article from the Salt Lake Tribune also says this. Utah lawmakers were scheduled last week to hear an appropriations request from Senator Peter Knudsen on behalf of Washakie for $100,000 to study how, efficiently, how to efficiently grow soybeans in Utah. The day after Washakie raids, Knudsen withdrew the request. We're going to pull this one at this time, said the Republican from Brigham City, about a half hour from Washakie's plan in Plymouth. We're, we were, we're still working on some details. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they should pull it permanently, you yes. know. That, that's nonsense. Why should our tax dollars continue to support these illegal polygamy groups? And not to mention the many victims of the abuse of the Kingstons who have literally escaped and told their stories. Yeah. And finally, we uh, are often asked by shocked viewers why our state governments put up with the illegal activities of these polygamy groups. Another article in the Salt Lake Tribune written by Nate Carlisle, we find that Washakie Renewable Energy, owned by the Kingston Polygamy Group, has given tens of thousands of dollars to political candidates and political committees. Now, there's a website on the screen, and you can go to that website and find the spreadsheets 
where the donated money was sent. And so we are going to just give you kind of an example. We're not going to read the whole list, but um, you can read from some of them from the Utah state um, political candidates they gave to, and I'll read some from the federal level. Yeah, from the state candidates and committees such as Mike Knoll was one recipient. (laughs) And he's the one one from Kanab. From Mm -hmm. Kanab. Representative Craig Hall, Senator Dan Thatcher, and many other senators and representatives are named. The governor's PAC, the Attorney General Sean Reyes was given and received $50,000 according to the spreadsheet. And we have both of the spreadsheets here, by the way, that we uh, printed off of the website that yeah. we got this information from that Salt Lake Tribune had uh, um, printed. And they also showed federal uh, candidates and committees. They had given to Mike Love and Bob Bishop and Mitt Romney and Jeb Bush, Chris Stewart, the NRCC, the National uh, Republican National Committee, and John Boehner and many more, uh, many other uh, political uh, individuals and committees. And you can find that again on the website. Mm-hmm. So do they have the right to donate? Yes, of course, sure. you know, as, as citizens they do. But they practice their religion illegally and their businesses are an integral part of the growth of their religious polygamy groups. And the Supreme Court ruled many decades ago that freedom of religion does exist in America, but that does not include the right to behave illegally in religion, and that's what the polygamy groups do. And do these donations inspire politicians to turn that blind eye that we've been complaining seems, about? Seems like it, huh? It seems kind <laughs> of, it's certainly suspicious. So we'll see how that turns out. And one more update on what's going on. In 2013, the United States District Judge Wadoops essentially nullified Utah's laws against polygamy when he struck down the cohabitation laws as a result of the sister wives lawsuit. Last month, the state of Utah appealed Judge Wadoops' ruling to the 10th United States Circuit Court of Appeals. Part of their argument is that Utah rarely brings charges against polygamists. When polygamists end up in court, it's because they say of crimes like sexual assault, statutory rape, and exploitation of government benefits. But one judge asked the question, if Utah claims the law against polygamy is needed, why do those so rarely use the law? The rare use of the law has a negative effect on having the law. In their comments on www.polygamy.org, the writer gave an intelligent and honest answer to the judge's question, which we want to share with you. Have you watched the show Dumb and Dumber? That's really what this case is all about. A state that doesn't take federal and state polygamy law seriously when there is trafficking due to polygamy, underage marriages due to polygamy, domestic abuse that is inherent due to the dynamics of polygamy, boys cast out of homes and communities due to polygamy, and so on. And then there is a polygamist named Cody Brown who is crying discrimination after the state gave him and all the polygamists in Utah a free pass. That covers it all very well. I believe it it does. The Utah State Legislature has produced a pending bill that some say will recriminalize polygamy. Fox 13 News says about this bill. It wouldn't make cohabitation a crime unless they were purporting 
to be married. It clarifies who might be covered by the law. The reason for it is to give the public precise knowledge of what is criminal and what is not. So reaction from these polygamists, of course, they're, they're out there drumming, you sure. know, these politicians. And some of them said, this is alarming. Well, yeah, it's alarming because <laughs> their polygamy is being charged because it's illegal. One polygamist man with free, three wives told Fox News that he feared the legislation could undermine efforts to open up closed societies and end abuses within the polygamy group. Well, that's a smokescreen sure for is. decades. And decades a blind eye has been turned there have been no lawsuits against polygamists for living polygamy the fact that this polygamous man said that the abuses would end is admitting that there are abuses and that he knows that there are abuses and yet yeah. they they've been denying them all this time yeah. polygamy is out of the open and has been for many years. It is freely discussed and it is not prosecuted. Now we do hope and pray as this is this is going in this it's is going, going on, on right on, now yeah. in in the court. It's in Denver and and of course we hope and pray that each judge on that's making the decision here will uh, personally gain a true understanding and investigate what polygamy really is. In other words, the real reality of polygamy. And then they won't be able to miss the fact that polygamy is coercive, yeah. it's abusive, it robs women of gender equality, and polygamy incubates and facilitates all kinds of sexual abuse and violence against women and children. And that's what I would hope, that the court would read some of these books, you know, and the, the stories of people well, who have I was, left. I was going to ask, do they draw in people who have left and have stories to share? I mean, if you, if, as we've talked about in previous shows, if they go to the actual people living in polygamy right now, they're going to, ne to deny it. Mm -hmm. They need to go to people that have lived there, this former chief people of police, or people that have experienced these things and really get the inside story. Well, well, people who have left polygamy groups, and it's from all the groups, not just the Kingstons, but yeah. also the FLDS and, and some of the other groups, have told their stories of the, the written hidden, books, like written say, books yeah. yes. And we've had people on our show that talk yeah. about the abuse, the sexual abuse and the, the awful exploitation that they have. Um, and it's proof that they have been uh, trafficked. And they're yeah. just, if, if the judges would just do that kind of homework, I don't see how they could yeah. rule for Well, you've even me. told us that they've moved them from one state to another. Mm -hmm. From one they? state to another, from one country to another, to another. yes. Okay, well, that's the that end of our quick. update. That uh, goes fast. So interesting and fascinating, <laughs> and more to, more to learn about this. More to learn. Thank you again, Earl. You know, polygamy groups use the horrifying threat of the vindictive hand of God against young girls and females in plural marriage. That's what Joseph Smith did, and they still do it. Well, polygamy needs to be abandoned. But most of all, they need to take God out of it and take the promise of eternal life out of it, because God isn't in it. God has never commanded it. God never made polygamy part of his plan for salvation. The Bible stories of polygamy are negative, and heaven is gained only through the only Savior, Jesus Christ. Polygamy is not the Savior. Joseph Smith lied. And those who will honestly study Joseph Smith's life will understand that he led the people astray then, and he is still leading the people astray. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? 
This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.